0: Wow, I could really use current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What
1: starts, what starts here, changes here changes the world. Changes well, the world. Well, well, I've got to I admit, admit I kind of like kinda it. Like what like starts, it, starts here changes the world. the world. We are the music thanks, and we are the of the dream. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe. It was language I did not speak. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, they did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have never figured out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. you. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, well, it didn't have it. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? My fellow Americans, it's time to speak out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory factory closes, closes, I know the people who who ran. it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, Yes, we can. can. When we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. Their children were saved. Their children's children. Generations children's were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere. And anyone, and can, anyone do it. can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand.
0: I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. Thank you well, I want to thank um, thank you, Eitan, for, for inviting me here to participate. And I, I'm thrilled to see that so many of you turned out for uh, this discussion of, of disclosure. And to be honest, what's remarkable uh, about this turnout is that until a few years ago, this wasn't really an issue that anybody was really debating, um, certainly not in, in political science. There really didn't seem to be much um, to argue about. Um, it was obvious to many that when individuals or corporations spend money on politics, the public ought to know. This is a policy, we were told, um, that had lots of benefits. The courts told us, so it must be true, right? The informational rationale, the anti-corruption rationale that Trevor mentioned. Um, So disclosure is gonna reduce corruption. It's gonna provide voters with information to make better decisions. And it's gonna hold corporations and other groups accountable for their speech. And that's what reformers claimed then and continue to claim now. Um, But as Ray alluded to, um, we're starting to see a lot more research in political science now that's actually taking these claims seriously. These are claims that had previously been treated as just assumed truths. They're just obvious truths about the world. Um, but in fact, they are actually empirically testable claims. And we're starting to see in the, in the research that I'm going to talk about, some of which I've done, uh, that and some of which actually Ray's done, and I'll talk about that as well, um, that at best, the purported benefits of disclosure may not be as significant as reformers have claimed, um, and uh, the cost may actually uh, be very real um, and very damaging to the democratic process. Um, and I want to conclude my remarks by sort of talking about what future directions for research might look like and also raise a couple of questions that I hope will serve as the basis for uh, discussion and, and for Q&A, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, so there's been a lot of research on disclosure in recent years. I'm going to put aside two big categories of research, and that's observational research, so just looking at these big data sets, um, and survey-based studies. Um, and instead, I want to focus on an area that is uh, near and dear to the hearts of, of the political scientists here at Yale, and that's experiments. Um, so it's a little risky to talk about experiments at Yale, because uh, field experiments, one of the types of experiments I'm going to talk about, were actually uh, first done in political science in large degree here at, here at Yale. Um, and sort of they allow us to change policy, in a, in a manipulate policy in a way that, helps us get at what the effects of these policies are. And what's important about this, what's important about experiments and why I think they're so valuable is that, um, as Heather alluded to, we're not actually seeing a lot of movement in Congress. We're not actually seeing a lot of movement in the states. There isn't a ton of variation in disclosure laws that comes to us from politicians. So why not create that variation in the lab? Um, So I'm going to talk about three kinds of experiments. Field experiments, uh, online, excuse me, survey experiments, of which online experiments are one type, um, and lastly, natural experiments. I'm talk about a little bit of research in each and show you why I think it's relevant to disclosure. Um, so field experiments are actually really controversial and in the news right now. How many people have heard about the Montana situation? All right, so big scandal. Political scientists at Dartmouth and Stanford had the nerve, the temerity, to send voters information about judges running for office. And Montana said, how dare you get in the middle of our politics? Stay out of our elections. They disclosed um, that they were doing a study. Um, but it was in small print, and they used the Montana state seal. So field experiments are actually really risky, it turns out, but what's the goal of a field experiment? Well, the goal of a field experiment is to take uh, the real world and subject it to manipulation. So it's like an in-lab experiment, but you're actually varying the treatment you give to individuals. So let me give you an example of a a real field experiment that's been done on campaign finance disclosure. You go to a, say you pick a set of, of voters, Uh, and you randomly do nothing to one set, that's your control group. You send another set a letter saying that there are these laws out there about campaign contributions and disclosure. Here's what they are. And you send another group uh, a letter that says, hey, you know, people in your neighborhood give money to candidates, and here's how much they've given, and here's which candidates they've given to. Um, And when you do that, it turns out that the people who get information that people of the opposite party have given to candidates are less likely to make a campaign contribution. So one implication to draw from that is that you might be worried all of a sudden when you get this letter that people are going to find out that you've given to a candidate and you're not going to be liked by your neighbors anymore. That's one potential problem. Um, and so you ha- you're less likely to contribute. And this is actually supported by another some work that Ray has done, um, a survey experiment that Ray has done showing that you find a similar effect um, when you manipulate uh, certain, certain aspects of, of a survey uh, where again people are going to get information that their, their, their contributions are going to be disclosed publicly um, So this sort of suggests that there are these participatory costs of disclosure that this is not simply uh, An all benefit no cost situation as Trevor, Trevor alluded to it at, at the beginning of, um, of the event um, So that's the, the cost side um, and I, we can certainly talk more about that in Q&A What about the informational side of disclosure? Um, Well, there I think survey experiments can be particularly useful. Um, So there's this claim that, of course, it's obvious, right, that the more information you give to voters about who's giving, um, or in the case of Heather's really interesting proposal that's definitely worth discussing further, who's who's, not telling you that they're giving, um, you can use a survey experiment to sort of see whether that information is actually helpful. And so there's been one um, survey experiment, excuse me, that's been done that's that's shown uh, that if voters know really nothing about a candidate, and then all of a sudden you tell them who gave to that candidate, they're going to be better able to identify where that candidate lies in the ideological spectrum. So if you know nothing about a candidate, you know they got a lot of money from unions, chances are they're a Democrat. If you know nothing else about a candidate, and you know they got a lot of money from oil companies, chances are they're a Republican. But I argue in my work that that's not the right question to ask. Um, That what we want to ask is whether or not the information disclosure provides is useful to voters at the margin. In other words... There's a lot of information out there in the world. Right? There's this thing called the internet. Right? It has a lot of data about candidates. Uh, and so once you take into account all the information voters have, does knowing that this candidate got money from unions really tell you anything useful? Um, and the research I've done in ballot measures suggests that it um, does not. Um, so what about advertisements? Um, so Connor Dowling and Amber Wachowski, who had the good taste to be fellows here at ISPS, ISPS um, for, for a year or two, um, have done some really interesting work, um, survey experiment work, looking at how voters perceive attack ads. Um, and they found that voters discount attack ads when the sources of funds are disclosed in detail. So if a funder has to list the top three or four or five contributors to, uh, to that uh, organization, you're less likely to trust the attack ad. Or if voters, um, or excuse me, or if the ad um, says that the candidate, the the organization doesn't disclose its donors, this is exactly the scenario that that Heather discussed, voters are also less likely to trust the source of the ad um, and they're more likely to be sympathetic to the candidate that's attacked. Um, And I'm going to come back to sort of the implications of that, but I think that's some really interesting work that's being done. Um, So that's field experiments and survey experiments. A third kind of experiment, now we're not going to go out and manipulate the world. Um, We're going to let the world politicians do it for us. And so that's the world of natural experiments. where you take advantage of this variation that occurs in the world naturally. Um, And I've done this um, in a a recent paper uh, with with a co-author where we looked at a change in United Kingdom law regarding corporate disclosure um, and how much corporations had to disclose about their political activities. This is another area where it's claimed that it's obvious that shareholders benefit from having corporations disclose who gives money. After all, how are you going to hold managers accountable if corporations don't have to tell shareholders exactly what they do? Um, well, it turns out that when corporations are forced to do this, um, their stock is hurt. Um, they're actually, the shareholders actually don't benefit um, from this. And part of the reason is that um, you can't just disclose to shareholders. right? You're disclosing to the world, which means you're disclosing to activists, activists who want to go after the corporation. Um, and so this sort of speaks to how there are these, these, these trade-offs between benefits and costs um, in disclosure. OK, so there are a lot of other studies I can talk about, but I really want to get to the, to the Q&A and the discussion, because I think that's going to be really, I hope it's going to be really interesting. Um, but I want to um, just sort of close with a, sort of the question that motivates this, this panel, and that's where should we go um, from here? Um, I think it's clear from uh, my review of the literature, at least, that there is no well-developed body of evidence showing that disclosure laws have significant benefits and Um, and have virtually no cost, as is often claimed by reformers. Um, And so I think it's worth sort of probing deeper and seeing whether maybe with enough research we can discover that these effects um, do exist. So in the question of information, I think one important next step is to actually ask in more detail whether voters are actually better off with this information. Um, So again, it's often assumed that this is just going to be um, the case. Uh, But again, I don't think that it's necessarily obvious. So think about something that's been a hot topic in the world of disclosure, and that is uh, disclosing uh, calorie counts on menus. Again, something else we're told was just obviously going to help people make better decisions when they go to a restaurant. You go up to the restaurant on the big board. You see the calorie counts. You say, my god, that's a tuna sandwich. That is not healthy at all. I'm not going to get that. I was bamboozled by these people telling me it was a healthy t- tuna sandwich. Well, turns out that evidence is very mixed that calorie counts that are mandated actually help people make better decisions. And you know, is democracy actually better off with greater transparency? I think that's the fundamental question. Difficult question to ask, not a popular question to ask, but I think an important one to ask. So let me give you an example um, of another sort of result that came out of uh, Dowling and Wachowski's work. They found that voters were very distrustful of messages from out-of-state voters. And if again, the goal is to have better informed voters, voters who are more educated about issues, is playing on the fact that voters are biased against out-of-state messages or maybe requiring that to be disclosed, as some might hope, um, because these are the, the corporate interests, if you will, that are coming into a campaign. Right? Is that actually making our democracy better to plan people's biases? Um, or you know, is it you know, playing on people? You know, if, if people are going to discount an ad because they know who paid for it, rather than looking at the content of the ad, again, isn't that biasing people? Um, and is that actually producing better, higher quality decision making among voters? Um, And with that, I want to close with a final comment that's going to tie into work that Ray has done and to Trevor's appearances on on the Colbert report. And that's the media. Um, So part of how transparency is going to have an impact is going to be filtered through the media. Because I suspect, if I ask for a show of hands, not many of you will have gone onto the FEC's website and looked at the actual campaign disclosure forms. Maybe you've gone on the Center for Responsive Politics website and looked at summaries but somebody's doing that distilling for you. And you might think, well, I read the New York Times, I read the Wall Street Journal, I'm an educated voter, I know what's going on with with campaign finance. Well, it turns out that people who read elite news sources actually know less about campaign finance than people who do not. Um, That was work that was done a few years back. Um, And it turns out um, that, uh, perhaps thanks to Trevor, people who view and watch the Colbert Report know more about transparency than people who look at other media sources. So the solution to our problems, right, is to have Trevor discuss transparency more often uh, on the Colbert Report and make people watch it. Um, But seriously, right, there is this issue of the media is going to be filtering this. And by and large, they don't do a very good job of actually conveying campaign finance information. That's sort of another set of problems that I think we need to deal with. And with that, I want to stop so that we have time for a and a To those who would tear the world down, we will
1: defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have Rainbow. It's a very mean very and nasty place. place, and I don't care how don't tough you are, it will beat you to your, your knees, knees, knees and keep you there permanently, it You, me, or nobody, nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. Yes, what we can. your country can do for you. Things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a, it's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It about it you you it's, it's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you how And you keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning it is done. Welcome to Public Access America. 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 Yes, we can. yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. you wanted to SoundCloud. run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher yes. smoke Potable, and more. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access. History in the making. History. Making history in the making. In the making.